Fox 5 and Hot 97 present Street Soldiers with Lisa Evers. I'm so glad you're joining us for this special episode of Street Soldiers on how we can come together in peace. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. At this time of international tensions and growing threats here at home, we're taking a look at how to process it all. We're also looking for ways we can diffuse hostilities and work together for a more peaceful future for everyone. Pro-Israel demonstrations and pro-Palestinian protests are happening in many places. The deeply disturbing images of destruction and death from the Israel-Hamas war dominate the news headlines. They're also on alerts and news feeds on our phones, making it feel personal. It's more intense for Jews and Muslims and can trigger their pain, opening up wounds from the past that have never fully healed. For the Jewish community, it's the six million victims of the Holocaust and the fear it could happen again. It really touches uh, a fear, uh, a nerve, uh, a a place inside of you that's hard to really wrap your mind around. So the, the brutality and the inhumanness of what happened there, well, that was that really shook us. For Palestinians, who are mostly Muslim, it's decades of frustration about not having their own nation and the lives lost in border battles and bombings. There has never ever been an issue that is so near and dear to the Muslims in my lifetime as the issue of Palestine. Here in the U.S., law enforcement agencies say there's been a sharp rise in hate crimes since October 7th. Social media threats against both Jews and Muslims are up by more than 400 percent for each group, according to New York Governor Kathy Hochul, who is calling on social media companies to do more. We're creating strategies, first time ever, to help identify hate at the source and prevent crimes before they occur. But there are signs of hope. Rabbi Bob Kaplan and Sheikh Musa Drama are prominent leaders, equally committed to bringing peace to every community. They're friends and have traveled together to Israel to set an example of how Jews and Muslims can coexist in peace with mutual respect. Now they're focusing on bringing Muslim and Jewish students together for open and honest dialogues. We have to step back, pull upon that resilience, deal with our trauma, and move our community forward, fully understanding that not everything is going to be all right, but we're going to make it through. We have to sit down with them. We have to listen to them, and we have to reason with them, no matter how wrong they are, no matter how wrong of a side they support, but we have to find a way where we can sit down and reason with them, because the Palestinian issue will not move away from the hearts of the Muslims. In the current climate, intense emotions can ignite heated conversations. Communication is key, whether in a group or individual setting, says clinical psychologist and Turo University professor, Dr. Jeff Gardier. He shares this advice for us to use in our own daily lives. Acknowledge what the person is saying, ask them why they feel the way that they do, and then ask for the time for you to express what it is that you're feeling. But by the end of it, you can agree to agree or agree to disagree. Leaders on all sides are working towards nonviolence and unity in the spirit of Dr. Martin Luther King. Let's find out how with our esteemed panel right now. Joining me is Rabbi Bob Kaplan. He's the executive director of the Center for Shared Society at the JCRC. Rabbi Kaplan, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you. Thank you. We, we appreciate it. Also with us is Sheikh Musa Drama. He is the chairman of the Islamic 
uh, cultural center. And if his name sounds familiar in your Bronx resident, you know, over the many, many community projects and efforts that he's been involved in. Sheikh, thank you so much for being with us. Happy to be here. Thank you. Also with us is Dr. Jeff Gardier. He's a board certified clinical psychologist and associate professor at Toro University. Dr. Jeff, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you. And thank you for having me on this most important topic. No, we, we appreciate it. Dr. Jeff, from where you stand, how are things? Are things as tense and just uncomfortable for people here as it seems to be? We're seeing people being split up into different factions, into different forces. And that's why I'm glad that all of us are here as representatives of different communities who've been affected by this, uh, being able to talk about how do we come together to, to end uh, the killing? How do we come together to talk? How do we come together in peace? Rabbi Bob Kaplan, since October 7th, since the Hamas attack on Israel. It's just the the conversations, the level of intensity, the concern has been ratcheted up by many, 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 many points and degrees. How should people approach this when they just talk about it? Because people are afraid, they're either afraid to broach the topic or they're giving their opinions and others are afraid to voice them without causing some kind of conflict. Well, one of the things you're going to have to do is you have to talk about it. You have to find people that where you can create safe spaces where you can talk about it, um, do expect to encounter trauma. Uh, the I know the Jewish community is heavily traumatized by what happened on the 7th. It, and, and then what that did is it re-traumatized spaces within our community that date back to the Holocaust and, and all the other traumatic events that have happened to our community over the centuries. So, However, what we need to do is we need to be able to collect our thoughts. We need to unpack some of them. We can't hold it inside. We need to find people like the Sheikh. I know the Sheikh and I, uh, with a number of other faith leaders, just traveled to Israel together. We encountered people who were survivors of, of, of the terrorist attacks. We encountered uh, people who were uh, relatives of hostages. We went to one of the sites of the attack. If we had held that all inside, our minds, our souls, our bodies would have exploded. However, we intentionally created spaces where we couldn't unpack some of that and begin to share. These were not easy spaces to be in. Unpacking it was not an easy place to be in, but a necessary place to be in. Sheikh Musa Drama, you were there with, with Rabbi Kaplan. You've been one of the interfaith leaders in the community for a long, long time. What can you tell us about how people are feeling? Because there, the, people are also talking about grievances and violence and just horrible things that have happened going back years and years and years. So for the Palestinian community and the Muslim community that a lot of uh, Muslim Muslims support them, the, you know, what can you tell us about how they're feeling? Yeah, thank you, Lisa. Two things. Number one, you know, I was uh, in the Holy Land November of last year, and we went back two weeks ago. Uh, one thing that I can testify is that as horrendous as what happened on October 7th is, it has brought Israelis together as one family. When we went last year, they were scared, they were fighting each other, and months after months, Israelis were demonstrating against the government that they deem, you know, the most right-wing government ever elected. But when you go now, after October 7th, you cannot tell who's conservative, who's liberal, who's left, who's right, they are all in it because they are fighting for survival of a nation 
and they are fighting for survival of a people. That's one. Number two, come to the Muslim support uh, concerning the Palestinian issue. You have to understand that the West must bear with us. Muslims come from regions that have never ever experienced democracy, not personal liberty, not freedom. So these kids, even though they are born in here, they raised here, if you go to their homes, they cook, eat, and speak as if they were from their parents' homeland. So we're going to work together, and we're going to work it out. And Muslims and Jews, no matter how difficult the moment is, will always come back together as one family. Let me end with this. I have coordinated two of the worst fire tragedies in New York history in the last century. All these tragedies, the victims were 100% Muslims. And all these tragedies, the biggest supporters, the biggest financiers, the biggest helpers were the Jewish community. As a matter of fact, after they have donated over millions of dollars, Rabbi Kaplan called me and said, Musa, I know that there may be something else that you guys need. Just let us know. We're here to support. I said to Rabbi Kaplan, some of the parents have chosen to send their kids back to Gambia for burial. And I don't know if they have the money. Rabbi Kaplan said, well, I cannot promise you, but give me a couple of hours. Let me see. A couple of hours later, he called me and said, I have $25,000 for you to bury your loved one. That is the relationship that has been built between Jewish and Muslim New Yorkers. And I can promise you, no matter how difficult the Holy Land issue is, we will come back together as a family. We'll be right back after this. Hey, what up, y'all? This is Lloyd, the King of Hearts, and this is Street Soldiers with Lisa Evers. Real issues, real politics, and real people only on Hot 9-7. You dig? Uh, Dr. Jeff Gardier, what happens now? Because uh, one of, Governor Kathy Hochul said, you know, social media is basically just, it's making any type of threat. It's it's magnetizing it. It's making it so much better, bigger and having such a stronger, stronger impact. What is your impression about that? Well, I believe that we have to get these social media companies. Uh, they Many of them have uh, abdicated their responsibility in being able to mediate and making sure that what is on the net is very positive. I think what we really need is to be able to express the horror that we feel for both um, the Israeli and Jewish people, the horror that we feel for Palestinian and Muslim individuals, be able to talk from the heart as to what the pain is that historically uh, all of these groups have gone through and how we can begin to come together as you're doing in this format right here. Too often what we see on social media is that, again, we have trolls who come in. We have organized campaigns of hate, of supremacy that come in and then try to turn people against one another and shut them down from being able to express what their emotions are. So these social media companies have to be able to step up and say, yes, we will mediate this. Yes, we will allow people to talk to one another in a respectful way and to be able to discuss what it is that they are experiencing. And that's exactly what uh, New York Governor Kathy Hochul uh, sent a letter um, asking them to do that. We'll see, we'll see what what happens with that. But the other, uh, Sheikh Musa Drama, the 
one of the one of the things about the the current conflict with with um in the Middle East right now, I think for a lot of people is that we've seen wars when it's soldiers, when it's professional soldiers, when they're on a battlefield that's someplace away from their homes and their families. That's that's can be that's horrific too, but it's it, it's not to the degree of personalization where we see with both both the Palestinians and also with the Israelis. These are attacks in people's homes. A lot of prison, both both the Palestinian prisoners who were in, released, some of them from the Israeli prison, some of the hostages that Hamas released of the Israelis and the other other nationalities. There were a lot of women and children in there too, and that is, that's impacted people tremendously. Yes, absolutely, and. You know, um, I'm sitting here as a Muslim, and I'm always advocating for a state of Palestine. But rather than destroying Israel from river to sea, I see it in a different light. I always said, in the Muslim world, we have 57 nations that are accredited as Muslim nations. Among them, 22 Arab League nations. These are Arabic language, Arabic heritage, Arabic culture, Islamic religion. They are proud, they are powerful, they are independent. Now you mean to tell me, for the next 100 years, these 52 seven nations and 22 Arab League nations will fight to deny the only Jewish nation that historically tied to where it is, it makes no sense. So as much as I am fighting for the rights of Palestinians and the Palestine as a state, I also want the Muslim world to officially and formally recognize Israel as a Jewish nation, that is where it is. So you're calling on the uh, you're calling on the other Muslim nations, the Arab nations, to do just that. Uh, Rabbi Bob Kaplan, what do you think about that? Well, I, I think that's one of the only answers that are around is, is to create a, and it's the two state solution that we've been talking about for a really long time. We need two separate states. People need to be able to call their place a homeland. I know that there's been negotiations in the past to give this or give that, and they've sort of fallen flat. Uh, they've been rejected in the past, literally from the beginning, uh, when the United Nations in 1947 says, let's create two countries, it was rejected. However, we can't always look at the past. We've got to look at the future. We have to look at the opportunities that lie in front of us to create those two separate uh, spaces. and allow people to have a place that they can call their home. Dr. Jeff, when we're talking with people, are there certain guidelines that you think we should be kind of following or help us out here? Well, I, I think, first of all, you know, as human beings, as uh, brothers and sisters on this planet, and, and I don't want to, uh, you know, make this, you know, too simple because it's a very complex situation. What we do have to look at is a two-state solution. And as part of that two-state solution, where yes, we're talking about separate states, but these are people who intermingle all the time. And I think that's one of the things that's, you know, that's lost in many of these conversations. But that brings to mind exactly answering your question here, Lisa, the fact that people are not heard. We have all of these boundaries that go up, but the reality is those walls need to begin to fall so that we can hear each other's collective and historical pain so that we can begin to, as both the Sheik and the rabbi are talking about, beginning to move together towards the future. And that was exactly what, what the doctor just said is why we call our department in, in JCRC shared society. We have to learn to share. 
We have to learn to share communities. We have to learn to share resources. We have to figure out how to lend dignity to the other's narrative. You know, it's not that I need to agree with the other's narrative. It doesn't mean I have to accept their narrative as valid. I just have to understand that this is their narrative. Dr. Jeff, in terms of the, the concerns about the online hate, what advice do you have for parents in particular here? Too often what we see is that when our kids go online, uh, whatever it is that they're putting in that they want to look up, whether it's, you know, what's happening in Palestine, what's happening in Israel, um, they may not be getting the proper information. So as parents, as the adults in the room, it is really important for us to sit down with our kids, take a look at the information that they're getting, look at the history accurate history as much as possible, going to other sources to be able to give them accurate information so they can get, you know, a better, the kids as well as parents can get a better idea of the history of what we're seeing uh, happening in the Middle East and other parts of the country. Sheikh Musadrama, you've done a lot of work in your, uh, over your career. We've, we've covered some of the events for Fox 5 really focusing on the youth and, and young kids in terms of trying to help shape their attitudes into positive ones about working together, diversity, working with police, helping to keep their communities safe. Do you, in the Muslim community, how do you feel parents are dealing with, with, their, with their children and the, the, what they're seeing online? You know, the Muslim community, one of the challenges that we face is most of the parents uh, happen to be immigrant parents and immigrant parents, uh, you know, have lack of mastery of, uh, you know, the technology that their children are using and the schooling system is different. The culture is different. So the children are way ahead of their parents in terms of, you know, what they need to know. That's one thing. Number two, also, I think the social media organizations need to be held accountable because they know what people are doing online. And if you don't believe me, try to do, try to say so many at the same time, they will stop you, they know. So we must hold them accountable for allowing certain uh, content to be viewed or used or shared by underage um, children. And they have the ability to regulate their platforms. Yeah, yeah, what up, what up, what up? This is Styles Peter Ghost, and this is Street Soldiers with Lisa Evers. Real issues, real politics, and real people, only on Hot 97. Yeah, Ghost told you so. I'm so glad you're joining us for this special episode of Street Soldiers and how we can come together in peace. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. At this time of international tensions and growing threats here at home, we're taking a look at how to process it all. We're also looking for ways we can diffuse hostilities and work together for a more peaceful future for everyone. Pro-Israel demonstrations and pro-Palestinian protests are happening in many places. The deeply disturbing images of destruction and death from the Israel-Hamas war dominate the news headlines. They're also on alerts and news feeds on our phones, making it feel personal. It's more intense for Jews and Muslims and can trigger their pain, opening up wounds from the past that have never fully healed. For the Jewish community, it's the six million victims of the Holocaust and the fear it could happen again. It really touches uh, a fear, uh, a nerve, uh, a, a place inside of you that's hard to really wrap your mind around. So the, the brutality and the inhumanness of what happened there, well, that was that really shook us. 
For Palestinians, who are mostly Muslim, it's decades of frustration about not having their own nation and the lives lost in border battles and bombings. There has never ever been an issue that is so near and dear to the Muslims in my lifetime as the issue of Palestine. Here in the U.S., law enforcement agencies say there's been a sharp rise in hate crimes since October 7th. Social media threats against both Jews and Muslims are up by more than 400 percent for each group, according to New York Governor Kathy Hochul, who is calling on social media companies to do more. We're creating strategies, first time ever, to help identify hate at the source and prevent crimes before they occur. But there are signs of hope. Rabbi Bob Kaplan and Sheikh Musa Drama are prominent leaders, equally committed to bringing peace to every community. They're friends and have traveled together to Israel to set an example of how Jews and Muslims can coexist in peace with mutual respect. Now they're focusing on bringing Muslim and Jewish students together for open and honest dialogues. We have to step back, pull upon that resilience, deal with our trauma, and move our community forward, fully understanding that not everything is going to be all right, but we're going to make it through. We have to sit down with them. We have to listen to them. And we have to reason with them, no matter how wrong they are, no matter how wrong of a side they support. But we have to find a way where we can sit down and reason with them, because the Palestinian issue will not move away from the hearts of the Muslims. In the current climate, intense emotions can ignite heated conversations. Communication is key, whether in a group or individual setting, says clinical psychologist and Turo University professor, Dr. Jeff Gardier. He shares this advice for us to use in our own daily lives. Acknowledge what the person is saying, ask them why they feel the way that they do, and then ask for the time for you to express what it is that you're feeling. But by the end of it, you can agree to agree or agree to disagree. Leaders on all sides are working towards nonviolence and unity in the spirit of Dr. Martin Luther King. Let's find out how with our esteemed panel right now. Joining me is Rabbi Bob Kaplan. He's the executive director of the Center for Shared Society at the JCRC. Rabbi Kaplan, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you, thank you. We, we appreciate it. Also with us is Sheikh Musa Drama. He is the chairman of the Islamic uh, Cultural Center. And if his name sounds familiar and you're Bronx resident, you know, the many, many community projects and efforts that he's been involved in. Sheikh, thank you so much for being with us. Happy to be here. Thank you. Also with us is Dr. Jeff Gardier. He's a board-certified clinical psychologist and associate professor at Toro University. Dr. Jeff, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you, and thank you for having me on this most important topic. No, we, we appreciate it. Dr. Jeff, from where you stand, how are things? Are things as tense and just uncomfortable for people here as it seems to be? We're seeing people being split up into different factions, into different forces. And that's why I'm glad that all of us are here as representatives of different communities who've been affected by this, uh, being able to talk about how do we come together to, you, to end uh, the killing? How do we come together to talk? How do we come together in peace? Rabbi Bob Kaplan, since October 7th, since the Hamas attack on Israel. It's just the the conversations, the level of intensity, the concern has been ratcheted up by many, 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 many points and degrees. 
how should people approach this when they just talk about it? Because people are afraid, they're either afraid to broach the topic or they're giving their opinions and others are afraid to voice them without causing some kind of conflict. Well, one of the things you're going to have to do is you have to talk about it. You have to find people that where you can create safe spaces where you can talk about it. Um, do expect to encounter trauma. Uh, the I know the Jewish community is heavily traumatized by what happened on the 7th. It, and, and then what that did is it re-traumatized spaces within our community that date back to the Holocaust and, and all the other traumatic events that have happened to our community over the centuries. So, however, what we need to do is we need to be able to collect our thoughts. We need to unpack some of them. We can't hold it inside. We need to find people like the Sheikh. I know the Sheikh and I, uh, with the number of other faith leaders, just traveled to Israel together. We encountered people who were survivors of, of, of the terrorist attacks. We encountered uh, people who were uh, relatives of hostages. We went to one of the sites of the attack. If we had held that all inside, our minds, our souls, our bodies would have exploded. However, we intentionally created spaces where we couldn't unpack some of that and begin to share. These were not easy spaces to be in. Unpacking it was not an easy place to be in, but a necessary place to be in. Sheikh Musa Drama, you were there with, with Rabbi Kaplan. You've been one of the interfaith leaders in the community for a long, long time. What can you tell us about how people are feeling? Because there, the, people are also talking about grievances and violence and just horrible things that have happened going back years and years and years. So for the Palestinian community and the Muslim community, that a lot of uh, Muslim Muslims support them. The, you know, what can you tell us about how they're feeling? Yeah, thank you, Lisa. Two things. Number one, you know, I was uh, in the Holy Land November of last year, and we went back two weeks ago. Uh, one thing that I can testify is that as horrendous as what happened on October 7th, it has brought Israelis together as one family. When we went last year, they were scared, they were fighting each other, and month after month, Israelis were demonstrating against the government that they deem, you know, the most right-wing government ever elected. But when you go now, after October 7th, you cannot tell who's conservative, who's liberal, who's left, who's right. They are all in it because they are fighting for survival of a nation, and they are fighting for survival of a people. That's one. Number two, come to the Muslim support uh, concerning the Palestinian issue. You have to understand that the West must bear with us. Muslims come from regions that have never ever experienced democracy, not personal liberty, not freedom. So these kids, even though they are born in here, they raised here, if you go to their homes, they cook, eat, and speak as if they were from their parents' homeland. So. We're going to work together and we're going to work it out. And Muslims and Jews, no matter how difficult the moment is, will always come back together as one family. Let me end with this. I have coordinated two of the worst fire tragedies in New York history in the last century. All these tragedies, the victims were 100% Muslims. And all these tragedies, the biggest supporters, the biggest financiers, the biggest helpers were the Jewish community. As a matter of fact, after they have donated over millions of dollars, Rabbi Kaplan called me and said, Musa, 
I know that there may be something else that you guys need. Just let us know. We're here to support. I said to Rabbi Kaplan, some of the parents have chosen to send their kids back to Gambia for burial. And I don't know if they have the money. Rabbi Kaplan said, well, I cannot promise you, but give me a couple of hours. Let me see. Couple of hours later, he called me and said, I have $25,000 for you to bury your loved one. That is the relationship that has been built between Jewish and Muslim New Yorkers. And I can promise you, no matter how difficult the Holy Land issue is, we will come back together as a family. We'll be right back after this. Yo, what up? This your homie Ace Hood, and this is Street Soldiers with Lisa Evers. Real issues, real poly tricks, and real people only on Hot 97. Dr. Jeff Gardier, what happens now? Because uh, one of, Governor Kathy Hochul said, you know, social media is basically just it's making any type of threat. It's it's magnetizing it. It's making it so much better, bigger and having such a stronger, stronger impact. What is your impression about that? Well, I believe that we have to get these social media companies. Uh, they many of them have uh, abdicated their responsibility in being able to mediate and making sure that what is on the net is very positive. I think what we really need is to be able to express the horror that we feel for both. Um, the Israeli and Jewish people, the horror that we feel for Palestinian and Muslim individuals, be able to talk from the heart as to what the pain is that historically uh, all of these groups have gone through and how we can begin to come together as you're doing in this format right here. Too often what we see on social media is that again, we have trolls who come in, we have organized campaigns of hate, of supremacy that come in and then try to turn people against one another and shut them down from being able to express what their emotions are. So these social media companies have to be able to step up and say, yes, we will mediate this. Yes, we will allow people to talk to one another in a respectful way and to be able to discuss what it is that they are experiencing. And that's exactly what uh, New York Governor Kathy Hochul uh, sent a letter um, asking them to do that. We'll see, we'll see what what happens with that. But the other uh, Sheikh Musa drama, the one of the one of the things about the the current conflict with with um, in the Middle East right now, I think for a lot of people is that we've seen wars when it's soldiers, when it's professional soldiers, when they're on a battlefield that's someplace away from their homes and their families. That's that's can be that's horrific too, but it's it, it's not to the degree of personalization where we see with both both the Palestinians and also with the Israelis. These are attacks in people's homes. A lot both both the Palestinian prisoners who were in, released, some of them from the Israeli prison, some of the hostages that Hamas released of the Israelis and the other other nationalities. There were a lot of women and children in there too, and that is, that's impacted people tremendously. Yes, absolutely, and. You know, um, I'm sitting here as a Muslim, and I'm always advocating for a state of Palestine. But rather than destroying Israel from river to sea, I see it in a different light. I always said, in the Muslim world, we have 57 nations that are accredited as Muslim nations. Among them, 22 Arab League nations. These are Arabic language, Arabic heritage, Arabic culture, Islamic religion. They are proud, they are powerful, they are independent. Now you mean to tell me 
for the next 100 years, these 52 serving nations and 22 Arab League nations will fight to deny the only Jewish nation that historically tied to where it is, it makes no sense. So as much as I am fighting for the rights of Palestinians and the Palestine as a state, I also want the Muslim world to officially and formally recognize Israel as a Jewish nation. That is where it is. So you're calling on the you're calling on the other Muslim nations, the Arab nations, to do just that. Uh, Rabbi Bob Kaplan, what do you think about that? Well, I, I think that's one of the only answers that are around is, is to create it and is the two state solution that we've been talking about for a really long time. We need two separate states. People need to be able to call their place a homeland. I know that there's been negotiations in the past to give this or give that, and they've sort of fallen flat. Uh, they've been rejected in the past, literally from the beginning, uh, when the United Nations in 1947 said, let's create two countries, it was rejected. However, we can't always look at the past, we've got to look at the future. We have to look at the opportunities that lie in front of us to create those two separate uh, spaces and allow people to have a place that they can call their home. Dr. Jeff, when we're talking with people, are there certain guidelines that you think we should be kind of following or help us out here? Well, I, I think, first of all, you know, as human beings, as uh, brothers and sisters on this planet, and, and I don't want to, uh, you know, make this, you know, too simple because it's a very complex situation. What we do have to look at is a two-state solution. And as part of that two-state solution, where, yes, we're talking about separate states, but these are people who intermingle all the time. And I think that's one of the things that's, you know, that's lost in many of these conversations. But that brings to mind exactly answering your question here, Lisa, the fact that people are not heard. We have all of these boundaries that go up, but the reality is those walls need to begin to fall so that we can hear each other's collective and historical pain so that we can begin to, as both the Sheik and the rabbi are talking about, beginning to move together towards the future. And that was exactly what, what the doctor just said is why we call our department in, in JCRC shared society. We have to learn to share. We have to learn to share communities. We have to learn to share resources. We have to figure out how to lend dignity to the other's narrative. You know, it's not that I need to agree with the other's narrative. It doesn't mean I have to accept their narrative as valid. I just have to understand that this is their narrative. Dr. Jeff, in terms of the, the concerns about the online hate, what advice do you have for parents in particular here? too often what we see is that when our kids go online, uh, whatever it is that they're putting in that they want to look up, whether it's, you know, what's happening in Palestine, what's happening in Israel, um, they may not be getting the proper information. So as parents, as the adults in the room, it is really important for us to sit down with our kids, take a look at the information that they're getting, look at the history accurate history as much as possible, going to other sources to be able to give them accurate information so they can get, you know, a better, the kids as well as parents can get a better idea of the history of what we're seeing uh, happening in the Middle East and other parts of the country. Sheikh Musadrama, you've done a lot of work in your, uh, over your career. We've, we've covered some of the events for Fox 5. 
really focusing on the youth and and young kids in terms of trying to help shape their attitudes into positive ones about working together, diversity, working with police, helping to keep their communities safe. In the Muslim community, how do you feel parents are dealing with their their children and what they're seeing online? You know, the Muslim community, one of the challenges that we face is most of the parents uh, happen to be immigrant parents and immigrant parents, uh, you know, have lack of mastery of, uh, you know, the technology that their children are using and the schooling system is different. The culture is different. So the children are way ahead of their parents in terms of, you know, what they need to know. That's one thing. Number two, also, I think the social media organizations need to be held accountable because they know what people are doing online. And if you don't believe me, try to do, try to share so many at the same time, they will stop you, they know. So we must hold them accountable for allowing certain uh, content to be viewed or used or shared by underage um, children. And they have the ability to regulate their platforms. Bob Kaplan, in terms of in terms of things that we can do, what would you what do you recommend that just the average person can do in their daily life to try to improve the atmosphere? Well, um, one of the things we need to do is is step outside of our, our bubble, our uh, our uh, echo chambers, and really begin to um, hear what other people are saying. We have to check our own emotions. We have to be able, to, and it's hard because when you have something like a ten seven, you become scared becomes fearful and and fear and anger, by the way, will make you do things that uh, five minutes before you would have considered reprehensible. So we have to really check ourselves out. We have to talk to people. Sheikh Musa Drama, what what are some of the things that you've seen from from your vantage point and your experience? Lisa, New York is home to the largest Jewish community, largest Muslim community. New York should be met a global role model for a peaceful coexistence and the art of embracing diversity. Dr. Jeff, in, in terms of in the individually, just, just like our, our daily mental health, what can we do? Well, as a psychologist, for me, it's all about communication. It's all about uh, being in touch with other people. It's all about connecting. We may not agree on many things. We may be in pain on many things as to what is happening uh, in the Middle East. We may be angry about it, but it's important that when we get into conversations that we are respectful. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Street Soldiers on Coming Together in Peace. You can watch it again and share it on our Fox 5 NY YouTube page. Remember, use your mind. It's your best weapon. I'm Lisa Evers. Let's push for peace, love, and human rights for all.